Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Holden, we're doing it later than usual. Yeah. And by late, I mean like 8 p.m., <laughs> which is late for me. We're doing it late in multiple ways, and it's all my fault, really. <laughs> for, for once. Usually it's my fault, I feel, but... Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I went back to Lincoln this weekend, and I left my microphone here, so that's that's an issue in and of itself. And then I ended up staying late at work tonight, so we didn't do it as early as we would have liked. But Maybe it's the universe trying to tell you to... Hang up the cleats, Holden. It's time to put this sucker to bed. Take uh, Tomp out behind the barn and put her down. It's trying, to tell, it it's trying to tell me I need to do Tomp full time, actually. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Uh, you gotta you prioritize Tomp over your family. Holden. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Scott's. I think Scott Sutter secretly drove up to Sioux Falls, hid your microphone, and then hid in your trunk on your way home. That wouldn't surprise me. He was really mad that last week um, I didn't credit him for the Bioshock information, the movie on Netflix, because he was the one who told me that. I hadn't heard that yet. And then I got multiple texts how disappointed he was in me. (laughs) (laughs) The plot twist is Scott Sutter is the Hollywood reporter. Yeah. He He is the Hollywood reporter. There we go. All right, hold on. What do we got this week? All right. So, oh, jeez, I just got. A He's call. getting a phone call. <laughs> it's from my boss. Do I pick it up? Yeah, you should take it. Yeah, right. we can cut it. We'll cut it. Okay, we're back. <laughs> So another message from the universe. Holden just got fired. <laughs> so uh, yes, he will be now doing Tom full time. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, it's just it, it's funny. Everything, every everything is telling me not to do it, but I'm still gonna do it. That's how much I care about you, the audience. Yes, there we Powering go. Through. Um, yeah. That was a long thing to say before. Uh, we've got a great episode for you this week, featuring our review. Oh, Coda. No, uh, no TV show or anything. We finished those off. Got a yeah. little bit. Got a little break from those. Yeah, Moon Knight. That seems like it's probably coming up soon, though. Oh, yeah, well. End of March. <laughs> so we'll enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> Let's review Coda on Apple TV Plus. Yes. Yes. That one movie podcast. <laughs> but first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. All right, Holden, let's talk about people named Tom, which is what we do during the Tom segment, I believe. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. All right, Holden, what do we got up first this week? All right, so we're going to briefly, we're trying to keep this short because Jimmy's got a a little bedtime he's got to make tonight. Yeah. Um, But we'll do uh, the Morbius trailer, briefly talk about the new Morbius trailer. Um, still looks really bad. <laughs> Didn't do anything to alleviate my concerns. Uh, we did hear Matt Smith finally say some words. 
<laughs> I think that's yes. the first. <laughs> just your just your like uh, once every two month update of or reminder that Matt Smith, yes, he is in this movie because <laughs> we consistently forget that he's just going to be the antagonist. Yeah, um, he says something vaguely evil in this. I can't even remember what he says, but uh, it was very suspicious. I remember. So he's like, just a minute, you are the bad guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> I hope they Classic. play the Billie Eilish song. <laughs> do I know? I hope he just goes do 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 do. They do it in the same way that they uh, they play that do 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 do. They play it really slow <laughs> in the movie. Do 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 Um. Yeah, we got another uh, cringy Jared Leto uh, Pilates line. So we got the Venom line, we got the Pilates <laughs> line. They're just going to, I guess it's going to make me less cringe, cringe fewer times when I'm actually at the movie since I'll be a little bit more desensitized to this awful dialogue. <laughs> but you know what? We thought Uncharted was going to be god-awful and it was fine. So we'll see. I, I feel like this is going to be worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Uncharted is, it's such a mediocre bar to, you know, to... <laughs> get uh be higher then and i think that's uh even then that's too high for morbius but we'll see holden go in go in with an open mind oh i am i'm i'm actually kind of excited because i'm excited to see if it is really bad also it says march 31st on the trailer so is that a change or did they just misreport it by a day uh i mean i guess maybe april 1st is like the the friday and March 31st is the Thursday, so then it's just kind of, I don't know. doesn't That's, really matter. It always bothers me. Like, just what is, like, <laughs> why do they have it the release date, but then you can show it one day before the release date? Yeah, I don't get that either. Just say it's the Thursday <laughs> or just not show it until the Friday. Yeah. Make up your mind. I don't know if that's because, like, they're worried that people will show up at the theater for, like, a 10 a.m. showing on a Thursday. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll go see Morbius. Oh, sorry, sir. It's not a, It's not here till 6 p.m. That cannot be a thing with cell phones, Holden. Probably not. But, you know, I didn't think countries would just invade countries in 2022, but here we are, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Morbius trailer. Uh, I got, oh wait, I didn't mention Michael Keaton. Yep, he's still there. He does not know what he's talking about. <laughs> he's like, he's like, am I Batman in this one? <laughs> they I, said there is a Batman in this one. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, I got you. Um, <laughs> anyway, isn't Ezra Miller supposed to be on set or something? <laughs> I mean, I kind of forget that. He, I was like, "Is wait, who's he playing in this again? Oh, the Vulture. <laughs> All right. How does um, that work? I don't know. The best parts of this trailer were when they just were plagiarizing Batman Begins. So I'm going to say Bombadil for the trailer. <laughs> yeah, Bombadil for me as well. What a... What an awful, awful trailer. Uh, speaking of maybe awful trailers, I didn't watch it. I don't know. Uh, how was that new Fantastic Beast trailer, Jimmy? Uh, so... Once again, just starting with footage and dialogue from the Harry Potter films. <laughs> just like, all right, we are not confident in this movie to stand on its own. <laughs> so here's the Harry Potter movies. Okay, I guess from a marketing standpoint, understandable, but still, that's not a sign of confidence. Remember and then these things you like. And then it just seems to be like 
Oh yeah. We we really stuck ourselves in with having Newt's commander be approached like be one of the main characters of this movie because we really just only care about Dumbledore and Grindelwald. But then they just show up throughout the trailer and boy we we wrote ourselves into a corner and by we I mean J.K. Rowling. What are you doing? <laughs> it is about. Ba- I mean we've we've talked about it many times. I'm sure we'll talk about it when the movie comes out too. But it is it is baffling that he is like the main character just it's just yeah i don't know just get just just switch it to like grindelwald and dumbledore yeah cut your losses and just make them the top build now but you really need the ip of fantastic beasts to carry it (laughs) (laughs) the (laughs) you know if they called this like harry potter 0.5 or something it would do way better (laughs) (laughs) like just attach it to the Harry Potter name, whatever. I don't know. Um, well, they have the wizarding wizarding world thing beforehand. Yeah, no one cares. I mean, about that. to be fair, there is more Mads Mikkelsen in this trailer than the other trailers. So that's or okay. the other trailer. So from that alone, I guess Brokaw. Just I'm okay. excited to see him. <laughs> yeah, sweet. They should just call it Mads Mikkelsen. You're only seeing this movie because Mads Mikkelsen is in it. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Actually, we're seeing it out of obligation and Mads Mikkelsen. So. Yes, very true. Um. All right. Rogue Squadron is apparently still coming out in 2023, according to Disney and Lucasfilm. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to so well at least i mean they they seem to confirm it's at least not canceled like you you said you maybe speculated yeah but so um it it is not going to come out in 2023 as someone who knows nothing about the situation (laughs) it is definitely not going to come out. my professional opinion is that it is not coming out i have spoken to scott sutter the hollywood reporter Mm-hmm. And he says, "Gave us some insider info." He says, "Not coming out in 2023." <laughs> yeah, uh, Bombadil for lying to us, uh, Disney. I just, I don't, I don't think this movie is going to be good. Like, I just don't <laughs> we, care. We like, don't know anything about it. <laughs> I know, but I, I just don't care. Like, I think that just doesn't even sound interesting anymore. I mean, we've already had like a Star Wars video game with that idea so it's like yeah true i just don't i forgot that I, came out it it cannot be interesting I, I i i would be stunned if this movie is anything more than just fine oh, okay um, um but i i would love for it to be great patty jenkins i hope you do well i'm excited for your cleopatra movie one of your wonder woman movies is all right <laughs> <laughs> so I would. I'm rooting for you, Patty Jenkins. I just want Star Wars to be back in 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 uh, the movies uh, because the last time we got a good Star Wars movie was 2017. Was huh. when was the last Jedi? In uh, my opinion, 2018. It's one of those years. Yeah, I think it was 2018. Yeah, we like the last Jedi. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. And then the next thing uh is that apparently Killers of the Flower Moon is coming out November this year. Yeah, let's go. That's a broke huh? Yeah, I know Jimmy's excited for I mean I'm excited for it too, but um, I researched that 
when I was in college. <laughs> so it's been a while. That's okay. Maybe you'll forget uh you'll forget the killer. I told I don't I don't forget the killer. I mean, I guess there's a a, a lot that's like a conspiracy or whatever. But I did, have forgotten a lot of the details. Oh, so. I don't know anything about it cuz I did not listen to your podcast, but that's okay. It was too <laughs> quickly edited. Needed more breathing room. As soon as I finished that episode editing it, I threw up a ton. So, fun fact Why? for you. Cuz you were embarrassed by it? No, because <laughs> I uh I don't I food poisoning of some sort. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um Craven the Hunter movie, Jimmy. You know, you know that Craven the Hunter? Yes, Craven the Hunter, the Spider-Man villain. Yes. Uh, so a new character was cast. Taylor Hetchinger will play the chameleon, who in the comics is typically like the half-brother of Craven the Hunter. Um, Tyler Hetchinger, I was not familiar with him, but he's apparently one of the stars of The White Lotus, which I've heard is good, I think. Sure. Um, you know anything about the chameleon? No, but I think he'll just blend right into that cast. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, uh, Bergeron. Yeah, Bergeron. I have no feelings towards that. Uh, Last Jedi was 2017, by the way. Really? Yeah. So he came out my freshman year. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Um. Okay, Erin Moriarty of The Boys. She plays Starlight. You know her. Mm-hmm. She's good in that show. Uh, apparently, she's going to be starring in a new movie about the first televised exorcism. Uh, it's a movie uh, called True Haunting. Uh, this is a little bit of the uh, about the, a little bit about the real events. It's expected to follow the plot of Becker's real life inspired novel, which saw the young couple Ed and Marcia Becker buy their first home, unaware of the unholy spirits within it. The Beckers soon discover its truth about their new house and learn that it is possessed by the ghosts of its former inhabitants. As the plot unfolds, the Beckers call upon an exorcist to ward off the evil spirits, but as the exorcism is broadcast on national TV, things take a turn for the worse in the household. So it's the conjuring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I what what uh what decade is this? What time period? Uh oh, I did not write that down. So I, I'm guessing the 70s. <laughs> yeah, sounds 70s to me. 70s, 80s. Uh sure, sounds like a good time. Or it could just be a generic horror movie. So I guess Bergeron. <laughs> Bergeron, yeah. Um, James Mangold is going to be, after he makes Indiana Jones 5, finishes that, uh, he is going to be directing a new biopic about Buster Keaton over at 20th Century Studios. Obviously, Buster Keaton is the uh, silent movie star, very famous for his wild stunts he did, Uh, but apparently it's going to be based on the book Buster Keaton Cut to the Chase by Marion Mead. Nice. Have you seen a Buster Keaton film? Holden? Yeah, I've seen The General. That's the one I've seen, too. I saw that at the State Theater back before it was like officially opened up. Ooh. Real cool experience before they remodeled it. Um, live music, everything. That was really cool. Awesome. Uh, that's a good movie, you know, outside of like, you know, the Confederacy or the good guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> otherwise, that movie is like intense it is fast pace like you think of like old movies and you just think slow and boring but i'm telling you man that movie flew and i think it's only like 80 minutes and the stunts are insane yeah (laughs) and it has like one of the most expensive shots in movie history and it was at the time towards the end of the film so it probably adjusted for inflation it still is 
Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So that's, that's really cool. Buster Keaton has a lot of, uh, amazing, st- I think just the stunts and them, yeah. of them themselves are worthy talking about. So it'd be interesting to know the man behind the legend of Buster Keaton. So, yeah. yeah. And if uh, it'd be cool if they can not necessarily recreate the stunts in the movie, but I don't know if they do some cool stunt work in this movie, that would be awesome as well. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe not recreate them because they had to have been <laughs> incredibly <Yeah>. dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like I don't know. I mean, I'm sure since he was such a stunt performer, he probably did some stuff outside of films too. So I don't know. Show some I hope of that. he's I hope he's played by Tom Cruise. <laughs> Buster Keaton is basically Tom Cruise of the silent film era. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in terms of stunts and stuff, I yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, so I'll give uh, that a Brokaw hold. Then James yeah. Mangold, I mean, he made uh, Logan, right? What else has he made? Uh, Walk the Line. Um, he made 310 to Yuma. Both of those movies are good. Mm. I've seen 310 to Yuma, but not since I was young and probably didn't understand it. But I think <laughs> it's on HBO, so I might watch it again soon. I'm excited for Indy 5, Holden. Uh, and just like uh, Lucasfilm is lying about Rogue Squadron, they lied about in D5 coming out this year. <laughs> um, so Brokaw. Brokaw. Um, and then just one last quick thing. Uh, Steven Spielberg, one of his next movies, is he's going to be making a movie based on Steve McQueen's Bullet. Uh, Bullet is a, a movie from it's based on the 1963 novel Mute Witness. Uh, the classic film stars Steve McQueen as Lieutenant Frank Bullet alongside Robert Vaughn and Jacqueline Bissett. It follows uh, Bullet as he takes on the mob determined to find the underworld kingpin that killed the witness in his protection. Uh, apparently this is a passion project for Spielberg, which it feels like everything he does is a <laughs> passion project. <laughs> uh, but it's not going to be a remake or anything, but it's going to be another story with this character. Yeah, I mean, so this is going to be after his semi-autobiographical Yeah, because that comes out later this year. I don't think... I feel like there was something else we said that he was working in, working on. Maybe not but maybe this is the next one. He's a machine, man. He just keeps on plugging away. So yeah. uh, it sounds interesting. You know, it's a throwback, remaking something that's a throwback. Mm-hmm. So he he did well with West Side Story. So maybe he'll breathe some new life into this too. So I'll, I'll side with the legend here. I'll give him a Brokaw. I'll give it a Brokaw too. West Side Story won me over to the magic of Spielberg again. The West Side Story trailer won me over. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much it for Tom's um, gaming. Apparently, Elden Ring is really, really good. But then it got a patch, and now it's like broken or something. Is it really? Oh, something I didn't like hear about that. that. Yeah, it's apparently, I maybe at least on PC or something. Okay. I don't know. Everybody's like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then it's like, oh, well, now it's just really bad all of a sudden, so... <laughs> I don't know it. I'm excited for the people who are into that. I really do not think it's for me. Yeah, no. And everyone that I've seen talk about it, it's just like it's basically just a big expansive Dark Souls game, like really polished at, at least pre-update, <laughs> polished. So I yeah. And Dark Souls does not really appeal to me. But as I told Jimmy, I kind of want to try Bloodborne. That's on the PlayStation Plus collection, so I might do yeah. that at some point. 
Yes, the PlayStation Plus collection. Um, yeah, I just like watching the gameplay and the reviews. I'm like, I even though you're saying like this is great, I just do not find myself wanting to play it. <laughs> um, which is too bad because it's like I would love to appreciate it, but I just don't think it's for me, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, I think that's it, Holden. Yeah, I think so. Let's uh, get on with our review of the Oscar-nominated film Coda. All right. All right, so Coda. Um, This movie is interesting in terms of its nomination because it came out before Judas and the Black Messiah (laughs) at Sundance. Um, but it was not nominated last year alongside that movie. Instead, of course, it is this year. Um, so this movie's been out for a while. Uh, many of you may have already seen it. Um, was added on Apple in like August, so we're pretty late to the party in that regard. Um, but yeah, I guess a little bit of a premise of this movie. Yeah, um, non-spoiler review. Yeah, non-spoiler review. Um, Coda follows. I can't remember the main character's name. Do you know what her name was? I don't know. Um, (laughs) She's a high schooler, um, and she is a child of deaf adults, which is what CODA stands for. Um, And it's kind of about her and kind of coming into her passion of singing and growing up alongside deaf people. She's kind of been made fun of by some people, and uh, it's her kind of trying to pursue her passions among people who may not understand her passions essentially um coming of age film classic teen uh, film with a twist it's ruby rossi's name okay and also did not know child of deaf adults was the abbreviation coda just thought it was a musical <laughs> thing i was like is it because she's like repeating the same li- like process over and over again and then she's finally going to have her coda which is like you know the when you break away from the repetition and um but that also makes sense that well i'm sure it has multiple meanings but yeah that's what the abbreviation is that's why the title is like in all caps Uh, um but well yeah all righty um what did you think colden overall impression Uh, i thought it was good um don't I'm not All right, on to our spoiler <laughs> review of I'm, no, <laughs> I'm not entirely convinced why it's a best picture nom aside from me being cynical and thinking it's just because it has a lot of deaf people in it. Um I think it is a good movie. Like don't get me wrong, I'm I'm in you know, I'm not unhappy that it was nominated or anything, getting it some recognition, but it's I mean to me it's just I mean it's like a slightly above average coming of age movie for me. I don't know. What do you think? I that basically hit my thoughts on the head. I was like, this is a good movie. I, I it is hard for me to see it as a best picture movie. Yeah. Um, it's also weird that it came out so long ago when it's a best picture movie because usually, uh, films kind of run out of steam mm-hmm. That's over true. the course of the year. But you mean? I mean. It's better than Don't Look Up, so apparently that's that's the bar. Um, 
It does have good performances. Like I thought yeah. Amelia Jones as Ruby Rossi, the lead was very good. I thought Troy uh, Kotzer, Kotzer, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, was excellent. Yeah, he dad. was kind of the the standout for me. He he's nominated for an Oscar as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mom, she's a previous Oscar winner. I yeah, think. I didn't realize that. Like in the eighties. Yeah, Marley Marley Matlin looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I overall, I thought the performance is really good. I think that it sticks the landing mm-hmm. well even though it's a very predictable movie. Like, it's really not surprising at any turn, I no, would say. No, But I think you still have the emotional impact at the end that it's like, okay, I guess that was better than just fine. Like, it was good <laughs> at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll admit, I almost I, I almost teared up at the end. I, I was tearing up. Good emotional ending to it. Um but yeah, I mean, like you said, plot's pretty, I don't want to say generic. I, it has certain elements in it that make it, that differentiate it from other films like this. Like the whole setting of this like uh, port side town and the fact that their families are like fishers and stuff. That's all pretty unique. And the way that all ties into the fact that it's a deaf, a largely deaf family too. That was all very interesting. Um but a lot of the other stuff aside from that is pretty predictable and we've seen it before essentially. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention something else, but I definitely forgot it. Um, I think I liked how, um, so this Ruby Rossi is kind of a social outcast at the beginning. And a lot of times it's like in movies, it's just bullies being mean for no reason. <laughs> But I think in this movie, it's a little bit more believable. Like like you said, she's in this port city in Massachusetts. Um, it's like she's goes out before school every day at the crack of dawn to, to fish with her deaf brother and her deaf father. And like you would stink if you didn't change your clothes and people yeah. would not want to be around you. And you are the deaf like family. People are going to look at you differently, especially if you're to kind of imply that their family kind of has isolated themselves from the rest of the community. Like you would be seen as the other. Yeah. Sort of. So I thought that was believable when in a lot of movies, it's just like people being mean for no reason. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, yeah. Uh, bullies. I mean, I won't say it's a good reason to make fun of someone because it definitely isn't, but it seems like a believable way for that bullies would choose to make fun of someone yeah um or just like just not befriend people yeah or just avoid people in general not just be like you know outwardly mean um but uh yeah i i just think like overall it hits the beats hot music it's it's got uh it's got some levity there's some good funny bits in it yeah um Particularly with the the dad, I would say. I think he was probably mm-hmm. my favorite character. Um, I think there's a couple times where I'm like, this doesn't really make sense from a, a plot. Yeah. There's, I don't know if this kind of feeds into that, but there's there's a couple plot threads in this that are like really underbaked. Um, I'll probably talk more about that in spoilers, um, but it's just like the core dynamic and conflict is strong enough and then they have this other stuff on the side more to just kind of I think 
flesh the movie out a bit more and it's just i feel like they either don't go anywhere or it's i don't know just it doesn't make much sense yeah oh i remember what i was gonna say this is actually an ad- adaptation of a french film from like oh 2014 yeah it's like le famille bellier or something like oh, that. Okay, I see that and it's basically the same story but they're on a farm mm. I-, I believe um presumably in france um but yeah there's there's just a weird couple like plot hole sort of deals i'm like well why didn't they just do this yeah or why why did how did this happen when like they've set it up this way in this world and i am willing to let those go for the emotional impact at the end but it's not a perfect movie it's not a must see movie Mm -mm. and i would say it's probably not a best picture movie but but it's not the worst best picture nominee it is this not, year. <laughs> it is not the worst best picture nominee this year. Yeah, it it's yeah, it's just it is a a solid movie. Uh, that is, but it, I it wouldn't say it's great. No, I guess it it's nice if you have ties with like the deaf mm-hmm. community just to see that represented. I think the setting is really cool with Massachusetts. It's different. This it gets a lot of play. Um, if if I were to be holding here, I would say like the setting itself is a character. <laughs> I'm pretty sure story. you say that more often than I do, but you always say it ironically. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, there's just a couple little touches, and um, the 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 boy in the movie, not the son, but the other boy in it, it seemed, reminded me of a discounted Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I can see that. He kind of looked like a discount Robert Pattinson and a and a mixed with a character from Euphoria. Okay, um, but yeah, um, I, I I guess before we go on, I do want to mention. I think the like the songs they picked to sing in this are very good. Um, not only just because they're good songs, but I think they work in terms of the movie and the themes of the movie. Um, very good, uh, Amelia jones right that's her yep. name uh she's very very good in those musical bits um and she's yeah. like one of lock and key <laughs> whatever it oh, is. Is she, oh she's in that okay yeah <laughs> okay maybe that's i've i've never seen that but i felt like i recognized her maybe i just recognized her from the marketing for that i don't know yeah um, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I have a ton to say about this movie, especially non-spoiler wise. I think we kind of capped it pretty well there. I think just like, who is this movie for? Well, if you like dramas, you want like a family-ish movie. It's not, a dramedy. There's quite a bit of comedy in it too. Yeah. There's some like inappropriate humor, I guess. So you wouldn't want to watch it with like young children, but like teenage yeah. kids. Um. And if you have Apple Apple TV Plus, like it's one of it's like on three there. movies on there to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch that or Ted Lasso or Wolf Walkers or uh, Tragedy of Macbeth, I guess, or the Billie Eilish documentary. Those are the only things on there that are worth watching. I would recommend this over Tragedy of Macbeth to most people. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I would say if you meet that criteria, great. Otherwise, you, it's not like you're missing something here. It wasn't. It. It didn't hit me like Minari did, where I was like, mm-hmm. "This is just 
delightful and really familial. And it was just kind of like a lesser version of that in my heart. Yeah, I guess I can see that too, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm ready to give my rating, Holden. How about you? Yeah, what are you what are you giving it? I'm saying eight out of ten. Eight out of ten? Okay. Oh uh seven and a half for me, I think. All right. Anything else before we go spoiler wise here? No, I don't think so. All right, Holden. Let's talk about spoilers for Coda. Let's let's DSL Coda here. <laughs> good music transition jimmy Uh, thank you we're both professional musicians so we understand this yes um yeah so i guess where do we want to start with coda i guess i can go into some of the things that i that didn't really work for me um the the romance was really underbaked i think yeah i i don't know and they had like a conflict that was in there yeah, and I didn't. Okay, the conflict. First of all, for, okay. On one, for one thing, I don't understand why she forgave him so easy. Because like that was that was a pretty scummy thing to do. And then the other thing is, it's just like we don't we didn't like have any explanation as to why he did that. Like we don't. I mean, we really don't know anything about this guy. Honestly, he's just kind of this pretty boy at school who's in choir. But he's not uh, that pretty. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of yeah. But he's just um, good at singing. Yeah. Um. But he. Yeah. He just tells like you know this tells everyone about this embarrassing thing that happened, and it was after the this one time they met, and then he immediately like shows regret about it after she finds out. I don't know. It just. None of that made any sense to me. Yeah, it was just, I don't know. It wasn't horrible, but it just didn't, it didn't work that well for me. And it didn't, to me, it didn't really have, I mean, you had the performance at the school with them together, but I just, I feel like. That was more so about the parents. Yeah. Aside from that, there's not really any payoff to that whole plot line well the payoff is that they they she plays hooky from work and screws over her family <laughs> well that's yeah, kind of the but, payoff it's almost like a oh, plot yeah, device okay, okay I, see, I see what you're saying yeah um i thought it was fine i, I didn't think it was i i'm not as crit- critical of it as you are i think but sure. i do think that i think the like when they were trying to establish the relationship it didn't work out very well for me yeah or it was it was a little bit haphazard and awkward um and what were there other things that you thought just didn't work out very well yeah the best friend i she just kind of fell off a cliff yeah like so we really only get like one scene of them together before the end of the movie when they drive off. And even then they don't really interact too much at that point, but they're, they're together for like less than five minutes at the beginning of the movie. And then, um, it, she decides to go out with the brother, which doesn't have much of an effect on them. I think I'm kind of, I'm, it reminds me of like the movie edge, the edge of 17, 
which I think is a better movie than this overall. But that's like a core conflict in that movie is that like the best friend starts dating the brother. And I just think it's so it's better explored in that movie. It doesn't really have any conflict in this, even though it should. (laughs) I don't know if it necessarily needs to have a lot of conflict. It's just is kind of weird and out of nowhere. Yeah. And they don't show their, they just show them like making out. I yeah. guess they don't really show them having <laughs> a relationship it. and they seem to be like actually committed to each other in serious. But we don't know anything about them as a couple aside from no. the fact they like to make out at the, the fishery. Yeah, and the bar. And the bar. Um, and somehow she has a job at the bar even though she's not 21. I think you could be 19 to be a, a bartender. Hmm. But Didn't she's also in high school so she's probably not 19. <laughs> um there well well i guess one of the things that didn't work for me is like the whole scene where she like plays hooky and goes out to the the whatever reservoir or whatever you want to call it um they like presumably like they go out at like 4 Mm a.m and it's not like she's they she didn't sneak out with this guy at 4 a.m because it's like daytime yeah when they're out so i'm like wouldn't she just be in bed when you're leaving? Like, wouldn't you just go wake her up? And if she's not, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was yeah, like that I doesn't really make any that. sense. Yeah, because when they're at the reservoir, it's like daytime. It's not. It's not dark or anything. It's not even dawn or anything. It's like bright out, and it's kind of the same when they're fishing. They're fishing, they, and then they, she's <laughs> like goes to school later. I'm like, unless their school starts at like two p.m., what is happening here? Yeah, that that you're right. That really doesn't make much sense. I was very confused, especially when she kept setting her alarm for three fifty a.m. I'm like, we are not seeing this at like really early morning. It does not look like that. At uh, at first, I was like, they hadn't established that it was Massachusetts. So I'm like, okay, well maybe it's Alaska or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just the it's towards the summer and it's light for a long time. But they're like, no, it's just it's Massachusetts. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Very strange to me. Um. There were, oh, well, another thing was just, like, when she has to do the interview for the the news station or whatever, she's got to translate. Why did, I do not understand why she didn't text Mr. V, Bernardo Villalobos, right away. Like, she texts her as she's going to be late, rather than, like, hey, I really do want to prioritize this, but this absolutely critical thing has come up for my family. I, I have to miss, but I am super committed. I will be there the rest of the time. Well, and that's another thing that about that scene. I mean, I guess not directly tied to that, but why doesn't the news crew have a translator? Like in, in almost every situation where you are interviewing a deaf person, it's like, it's typically on the news crew, I think, to find a translator. Like, yeah. And I, that happens a couple different times in this movie. And I know they, they kind of mentioned that no one else in this community really speaks that. But they're not. They're in Gloucester, which is not far away from Boston. <laughs> like, they're probably 30, 40 minutes away from Boston, I think. Like, it, have, you, have you been through Gloucester? I have been to Gloucester, yes. How big is it? not very big i'm just saying like their choir in the movie was incredibly small (laughs) for high school choir yeah no i mean i think 
just the fact that, I mean, Gloucester is, I don't know if it's like officially a suburb of Boston or anything, but it's close enough to all those other suburbs that, and it's like populated enough around there. You'd think there'd be a lot more people. I don't know. I also think, what is this guy who went to Berkeley doing just teaching? <laughs> I yeah. I was thinking that. I was like, <laughs> I he's mean, like, because I'm good at it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're also not getting paid anything. He doesn't seem to hate his job, at least. Like, he seems like it seems like this is kind of what he wants to do. He's just a bit of a diva. Also, they did not develop his family life at all. They're just like, no. hey, look at all these children's toys. <laughs> I have a daughter. But you did they would ever never mention know. that he has a daughter before at the end when the daughter shows up at the concert? No, well, he they imply it when he's like, I have a life too, and then he like points, and then you just see a bunch of children's toys. That's like, I would have no idea that you were married or that you had a family because it, like, I don't know, to dedicate lessons every day after school and not get paid. I mean, <laughs> the guy's a saint, I guess, yeah. I mean, I I did really enjoy his character. Um, I mean, he's you, you see that kind of character a lot in these movies, where it's a teacher who help is kind of better at understanding where the character's coming from or pushes them to do better. Um, but I just thought he was he was very fun. He's one of the funnier characters. <laughs> this movie was kind of like whitewashed Whiplash, a little bit. It was like feel good Whiplash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, my I well I was actually watching this in the room with Logan and he he made a joke about it being whiplash when when the choir teacher was working with her, but yeah. um yeah let's see there there are a couple of nice touches like when they have to sing the happy birthday song at the beginning mm-hmm. like they're all singing and like they kind of do a montage of everybody like singing it and edit together and then there's like a really tall guy but the camera stays the same and then it kind of has to like pan up <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny Just i thought a that, nice little touch that whole sequence was funny too because there's like all the show-off kids like you know the ones the ones that like try really hard at singing and i just think that's really funny yeah um i thought and another little touch was like how she's when she uh ruby is trying to eavesdrop on her parents but they're deaf so they're signing to each other so she's like staring at them i'm like yeah it must be really difficult to like eavesdrop on (laughs) (laughs) on your deaf parents uh in that regard um there was good jokes like i like uh when the uh boyfriend first comes over and they're like you got to use protection he says put a helmet on that soldier and he's like signing it (laughs) yeah that whole interaction well i mean that follows up the the sex scene which you can't mention this movie without that because that's a very awkward but but funny bit (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) where it's just like i mean it makes sense i mean you have parents they're deaf they don't know how loud they are but very awkward for our our characters yeah um, I don't know why she would open the door though. Like, you'd think she would know better. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, she well she started. She was flipping the lights to like like because if she, signal yeah yeah to signal because otherwise they're not going to be able to you know no but um interesting uh the only other note I have in here is like she keeps like um giving disclaimers for like how their house isn't very nice but i thought their house was pretty cool yeah i did too like it, it it's it kind of looks like a big cabin 
Yeah, it's a little rough on the outside, but I thought the inside was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it looked like, fitting for know. the area from what little I've seen of it. Yeah. But uh, I, th- I've gone through my notes that I took while, while watching the, the movie. Um, what else? Um, I do, I really like the performance at the school. I think that's cool. Um, that's, I mean, we don't really get that kind of perspective that's like perspective from the parents throughout the rest of the movie. But I think it's really good to have, if you were going to have one moment, have it be there. So then they, you know, they're in the theater, they're in the theater, they're watching the performance. They don't quite, you know, understand the full experience, but they're seeing all of these people around them enjoying it. They're seeing their daughter enjoy it. And I think that was a really powerful touch, honestly. Yeah, them looking around. The scene where the dad kind of feels her vocal cords as she's singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Cool. And then in the end, just the, the stuff that got me going was how she was signing while she was singing. And I was like, how did I not <sighs> see that part coming? Yeah, that was that, that was probably the biggest thing that caught me off guard. And it was very good. Because I'm like, well, obviously they're going to sneak in and watch her and they're going to sing. But I didn't anticipate that part, <sighs> which yeah. seems obvious in retrospect. But <laughs> It's it like I should have seen a sign that that was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that hit me in the feels. I was like, oh, turn up. I thought this movie was fine, and and even the end was making me tear up a little bit too. Um, just her leaving her family, especially since they're so close knit. Like, I mean, yeah. you have a lot of movies where kids will go off to college, but they're. I mean, they're so close and everything, and they've had all these great moments throughout the movie, and then it ends like this, and it's bittersweet. Although it is, like I said, they, she is not that far away. <laughs> like she'll she'll probably come she'll come home and visit quite often. So no, but I mean, she was integral to their mm-hmm. like even economic survival. So yeah, okay. Was I, I was wondering. Okay, so the lady that comes on the boat, what was she doing? She's like an inspector to make sure everything's like up to code and all that. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure I wasn't sure if it was like a government thing or I think what? it is some sort some sort of organization. I don't know if it was government or just like a private sector thing that like you have to meet this to be I don't know, to sell your fish or something like that. Pretty scummy thing she did. <laughs> Out on that boat. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, good movie. I don't regret watching it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah, I don't know. Probably one of the, probably the most feel-good movie on this, on this year's list. I get, we haven't seen King Richard, but. Oh, that's true. I don't know if that's a feel-good movie, but we'll see if that. Probably somewhat similar stories, mm-hmm. but we'll see which one we I prefer. Can't wait to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, otherwise, Holden, shall we talk about what you are doing? Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. All right, Holden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? All right, this week, Jimmy, I watched some movies, believe it or not, as I typically wow. do. 
Um, one of the movies I watched was Memories of Murder, uh, which is, I think, Bong Joon-ho's second movie. It's considered one of his best, but it is supposedly based on the um, real-life uh, first serial, at least first recorded serial murders in Korea, South Korea. It took place in, place in the, in real life it was the early 80s, I think. That's kind of when this movie takes place too. Um, but it is fantastic. I mean, I didn't mm. know I didn't know anything about the story, so going into it, it feels like a mix of. I actually went through this in my head, and I just realized it feels like Bong Joon Ho mixed with David Fincher, because <laughs> like I I was like, oh, it feels like Seven, it feels like Zodiac, it feels like Mind Hunter. Oh wait, those are all David Fincher things. <laughs> so. <laughs> It has a very David Fincher vibe to it. Um, it's two hours. It's kind of slow, so I wouldn't watch it while you're tired, but it is very intriguing. The cinematography on display is fantastic. It's it's cool because this is like very early in terms of South Korea like um, criminal investigation stuff, so kind of seeing how much of a mess it is like in some, in some regards is interesting. Um it's yeah really good movie it's on hulu um so recommend checking that out at some point yeah um i watched a studio ghibli movie i hadn't seen before called my neighbors the yamadas um this one it's one of their lesser known ones but it's done in like a completely different art style from all their other movies it's based supposedly on a japanese comic strip of i think the same name uh, but the art is very similar to the art in the comics. Um, but it, it's just kind of this cute little movie about this family and their antics and their weird dynamics and everything. And it's basically just a bunch of short stories, not really a big overarching thing. Very feel-good movie, pretty funny movie as well. Um, but yeah, I'd recommend that. Also, That's on HBO Max. Oh, I was the two big things. Complete. I, I was like, what, what have I watched this week? Watch Texas Chainsaw, the new one. <laughs> How was that? I loved it. Wow. Um, but I think it is bad. <laughs> My I, brother had a good time with it too. So yeah, it. I think it's only like eighty minutes, so it's very short. You're not wasting your time with it, really. But just from a you know slasher perspective, it is very entertaining. It does not waste any time it gets going within the first 10 minutes with like everything happening um and i just it's honestly a very pretty movie i thought the only the biggest problems were like the sounds the score was really bad um and i don't know the acting and, and character writing was was pretty not great as well but if you got 80 minutes to spare i think you could do a lot worse i think people are a little too harsh on it I don't. I just don't have anybody to watch it with anymore because Emily's not gonna watch it with me. I would. I would rewatch it with you, Jimmy. If you ever okay. want to watch it, I. I. I kind of want to rewatch it. So. All right. We'll, <laughs> we'll watch that one together. Uh, um, yeah, I just think it's funny because one of the towards the be towards the beginning of our relationship. I don't. know. It's been five and a half years, so I don't really remember. <laughs> but we we watched the tech. My family. What a weird movie to watch as a family, especially in my family. Watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre together. And Emily like was just 
turned the opposite direction, leaning into me for majority <laughs> of the, the the third act of that yeah, movie. What a, what a fun movie to watch at the beginning of your relationship with your family. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a strange that is that the odds of that happening were low i don't know how that happened but yeah she's she is not uh, keen on watching another texas chainsaw massacre anytime soon yeah um and then the last movie i watched was the king's man which was fine kind of what we expected um great yeah <laughs> not much to say so about that had- one you enjoyed Texas Chainsaw more than King's. I think I did. And I think part of that is that it was only 80 minutes. Very fast paced movie. I think. Yeah, I I'll say it. I'll recommend Texas Chainsaw before King's man. There we go. Wow. Two movies that a lot of people do not care about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, finished euphoria. The season finale was last night. Very good. Um, went a lot of places I wasn't expecting. Um, okay do people actually like euphoria or is that just you people like euphoria i think a lot of people don't like it though right is that correct okay i'm from what i've seen the people who don't it's like the people who didn't like game of thrones just because it was popular okay that's kind of the vibe i get i mean i don't think it's for it's probably not as wide appealing as game of thrones was in some ways but it is a very good show like there's a lot of people that like it and critics love it and it's yeah okay i think I'll it's kind of your word for it holden yeah yeah um but yeah finished that i finished yakuza 3 uh, now I'm playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I only played the intro, so I'm not very far into it. But the intro is it's quite a way to start a game. Very, very like uncharted cinematic kind of thing going on in that. But um, hmm. seems very fun. I like Ratchet and Clank games, so excited to play more of that. What about you, Jimmy? What are you doing? Mainly Ghost of Tsushima. Um, nice. Just so much fun i love that game and now you can like i i haven't played it since a long time ago um (laughs) before the expansion and so they've updated it quite a bit and like now you can replay like different forts and duels and so half the time i am actually progressing and doing things but the other half of the time i'm just replaying forts and duels because the gameplay is just so stinking fun and there's so many different ways you can approach the same thing i could do stealth i could go in guns blazing i could be the archery guy i could be super hand-to-hand you know all these i could be gadgets heavy or you know you know tech whatever trinket heavy whatever you want to call them um so that it's just such a fun game holden it's just so good It, it the narrative of the expansion's pretty interesting um the antagonists are pretty compelling. So it's just like, I just can't wait until they make another one of these, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I forgot they're making a movie about it, too. We'll yeah. see how that goes. The John Wick guy making it. Yeah, but man, I just, I love that game. It's just as, everything is just so right about it. I, I like looking at it, I'm like, there's definitely room for improvement. Like, in just in terms of its creation and graphically and all that, but it's just for what it is. It, I just it love the I love it, mm-hmm. and you got to play it, Holden. Gosh darn it, you got to. I will. I, you uh, gotta I join. 
yeah i actually just took back the copy i was borrowing since i hadn't played it i was borrowing it from my dad and i was like oh, i've got other games i'm playing first so i'll pick it up at a certain at a later time um otherwise i don't i haven't watched any movies there was no new south park episode this week i don't know why. yeah that was weird i noticed that too um but uh i've been watching ted lasso very good halfway through the second season so i only have like five episodes before i'm all caught up it's a good show it's there's some more sadness in it than i thought there was gonna be like there's it's funny and light and like optimistic but it's also like sad it's like (laughs) oh my gosh i did not expect it to be this heavy at times but uh you know very likable characters and different things and it's very much my sense of humor. I can identify with Ted Lasso c- quite often in terms <laughs> of my humor. Um, but yeah, it's good. I would recommend it if you have Apple TV Plus and you already watched the two other things on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it, Holden. So you can take us home. What do we have next week? I would just, too bad, you know, nothing big is coming out next week. Am I right? Correct. I think we got a gap week next week. Um so what do you think we should do, Jimmy? You know what? Now that I'm looking at this, there is this little <laughs> this little venture coming out this week called The Batman. Yeah. Um, we're going to an early screening of it in a couple yeah, of Yeah, now you think it's cool. <laughs> Only cool because we get to brag about it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're we're gonna go do that. Um but very excited to talk about that next week. Um Looks like it's a good movie. I looked at the Metacritic earlier today. Reviews came out. Yes. I don't don't know if you're staying away from all that. You probably are. I kind of skimmed the blurbs on Metacritic, but I did not watch any YouTube review. Like I saw Chris Stuckman put his review up, but I was like, I'm not going to watch it, darn it. Yeah, yeah. Not until I've seen it. I can wait (laughs) two days as of when we're recording this. We're seeing it Wednesday. Yeah. Um... But yeah, we'll be doing that. Um, no TV shows or anything. So yeah, I think that's it. Um, you can, uh, if you want to leave a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, Jimmy yeah folks stick around because we're we're reviewing batman so you gotta listen to that because you're gonna see it come on you're gonna see batman yeah you're gonna see batman come on who's not gonna see batman come on this movie's gonna make all the money yeah i wonder how much money it's going to make since it's three hours long and yeah it is some people are i think some people are like yeah another batman so yeah that's well my dad was saying uh, mentioning scott sutter once again on this podcast um making up for last week but he said it's gonna have to take a lot of a lot for people to convince him to go see it because he just doesn't care wow wow um before we go emily had a dream that she and i fought anakin skywalker with lightsabers and i was like i to bet who which one of the two of us was gonna have that dream did not expect it to be her so i just think it's subconsciously she's really hyped for the kenobi series yeah yeah and then i was even i had lunch with my older brother and i was like i can't wait for the kenobi series to come out he's like oh they're making that that sounds really cool i'm like yeah 
It does sound really cool, doesn't it? You would be hyped about that, wouldn't you? <laughs> is, is that dissing me? Yes, <laughs> it's dissing you, Holden. I am dissing you for your lack of excitement and your sure. apathy and numbness towards yeah, the Star I'm, Wars franchise. I'm just not looking forward to it. I think this movie is going to be, or this show is going to be very bad. Do you actually think? No, I don't. <laughs> think it'll be fine we don't we haven't seen like anything about it so i don't know because they don't want to spoil everything because it's too good mm-hmm. what if it just turns out to be what if it's like uh, star wars but then it just turns out to be two episodes of the mandalorian oh that'd be great <laughs> it's him as him as like a little teenager or kid or something yeah yeah um all right holden that's enough of us talking this week shorter episode but uh I'm guessing we'll blab on about the Batman. Yeah. Jimmy has to go to bed. He has to get his beauty rest. Yeah. All right, Holden. Adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast. Yeah.